This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Three big hours to run it all down, and we got lots to do on this Saturday morning. Certainly want to hear from you at 1-800-919-ESPN. But where we have to begin, despite having a lot of topics on the agenda for today, we begin with two things everybody loves. Or at least they say, everybody says they love these things. But this week will be the true test. The first thing is the NFL. Everybody, I think that is true. Everybody loves the NFL. Who doesn't love an NFL Sunday? You plop yourself down on the couch and you just watch football until your eyes bleed. So, yeah, I think everybody does love the NFL. But they also say that everybody loves an underdog. You've heard that, right? Everybody loves an underdog. Well, if those two things are true, boy, oh boy, this weekend is going to break ratings records, boy. And we begin with an underdog story. Week six in the NFL. It's already week six in the NFL. Giant fans are saying it's only week six. What? We got 12 more weeks of this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, people. But this week, week six in the NFL, you got the, the Jets and the Eagles. Our coverage tomorrow begins at 225 right here on your home of the Jets, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And then you get the Giants and Bills on Sunday night. Somewhere in the NFL offices, whoever is responsible for coming up with the schedule, especially the primetime games of the schedule, somebody has to be pulled into a meeting. But that's a topic for another day. Jets, Giants this weekend, both pretty healthy underdogs, right? And let's start with the Jets because they're first up. They take on Philly, who uh, has uh, not lost this season, right? Has not lost to the Jets ever. One of the weirdest stats you'll ever hear. I, he- I hear, oh, this rival. It's not a rivalry. <laughs> it's not. You've played 12 times in, in like 50 years. I don't, I, you're not in the same division. It's not a rivalry. It's just a, a weird stat, a weird streak. And this week, the Jets take on the defending NFC champs, picking up right where they've left off, unbeaten on the year. But at least this one, I guess maybe through the viewed through the prism of the Giants and Bills, at least this one, you feel like, man, eh, the Jets kind of have a chance. You look at the point spread, right? I think it opened at seven. It's down to six and a half based, I think, kind of on the Eagles' injuries. And, and maybe the Jets' defense can do some good things. Eagles have struggled so far in the red zone. Maybe you're catching them at the right time. They're a little banged up. No Darius Slay, no uh, Jalen Carter. And, and the Eagles, in terms of their schedule, after this week, a date against Miami. So it's possible that they could be looking ahead. And again, they're unbeaten, but it's not like they're just running through teams like it felt like they were doing a, a lot of the times last year. But much like last week, for the Jets part of this, Man, what a difference a win would make. You come into this game, and it was the story last week. Are you going to be 2-3 and three or are you going to be 1-4? and 1-4 and four feels like things are spiraling out of control, especially considering who you were playing last week. If you got to 1-4 and four and you had lost to the Denver Broncos, boy, oh boy, things would not feel very good. But you get a win. All the stories about uh, the, the revenge game for Nathaniel Hackett. You're sitting at two and three. You got the Eagles this week and then the bye. So if you were to ever somehow be able to steal a win to get to three and three, 
the the levels of optimism in some quarters surrounding the New York Jets, you'd have to think at least you'd have certainly more fuel to the fire for why people would feel optimistic. And to me, this game this week, where it really is important is this is another chance, and maybe the final chance, but it's another chance to see if Zach Wilson is anything close to a real-life NFL quarterback. And that might sound silly, given all the evidence we've had, but it was two weeks ago. That was the story two weeks ago, where the Jets played the Chiefs, and out of nowhere, a version of Zach Wilson that we had never seen before, and I'll be first to say, didn't think was possible, showed up. He was confident. He was aggressive. He was accurate, making throws into tight windows. No hesitation, no running back. It was not the same guy. And you're thinking to yourself, where has this been? It was legitimately shocking. So coming off that game, and even though it was a loss to the Chiefs, the real takeaway, if you want to be uh, an optimistic Jet fan, was, hey, maybe? Is it possible? We've stumbled upon something with Zach Wilson here after all the trials and tribulations, the ups and the downs, mostly downs. Is it possible that Zach Wilson, they might have found something with this guy? Can he keep it going? Going into the Denver Bronco game? And I think it's clear the answer is no. No, he did not. The Zach Wilson that you saw against the Chiefs that maybe gave you a little hope or a little enthusiasm that's not the same guy who showed up against the, the Broncos and, and lost in the hoopla of beating the Broncos. I mean, how bad of a season are the Broncos having where they're getting mocked by the Jets? But that's another story for another time. Zach Wilson was right back to being Zach Wilson. That Chiefs performance did not carry over. That Zach Wilson good feeling lasted as long as, as, as you ever have a piece of juicy fruit gum, the flavor of juice. You, you pop that in, you're like, oh wow, this is really, and it lasts for about ten seconds. That was the 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 Zach Wilson carryover from the Chief game to the Bronco game. And again, it gets lost. It seems like in the fact that the Jets won the game, but go like, did you watch the game? He threw for two hundred yards. And he had two mind-bogglingly bad plays. He, he botched, completely botched the end of the first half. And he had a critical interception that against a actual professional team might have actually come back to bite you. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, also fumbled three times. Now he got all three back, but still careless with the football. That's a concern. Oh, well, they won the game. It was the, guys, it was the Broncos. You're expected to beat the Broncos. The Broncos are about as bad a team as they're, they look about as dysfunctional as a team can be. You're expected to beat them. What you really wanted to see was whether or not that performance against the Chiefs, the things you saw from Zach Wilson, and if you're going to have a season here, and he's going to be the quarterback, clearly, you had to see whether or not those things could carry over against a, a, an opponent far lesser than Kansas City. And, and, and maybe, just maybe, the Chiefs 
game. You're down 17-0, nothing, nothing to lose. And this time against Denver, you didn't want to be reckless, so you dial it back. You're not going to be as aggressive. Well, this is the week you got to dial it up, right? You're not going to just be able to ride Brees Hall and, and hand the ball off to him a, a bunch of times and just hope for him to hit a home run like he was able to do uh, against the Denver Broncos. So the optimism, I, br- I brought this up the other night, the optimism about Zach Wilson after that Denver performance. I mean, geez Louise, talk about over the top. I, I gave you the headlines on Thursday night. The Jets ending their playoff drought doesn't seem so impossible anymore. And Is Zach Wilson here to stay? And the Jets have real hope again? What, what, game, what channel was the game on where you were watching? Because that's not the game that I was watching. And again, he had two major, just mind-boggling mistakes in that game. That if you had been playing basically anybody else, like a functional NFL team, those two plays would have come back to haunt you. The fact that the botched play at the end of the first half, that that did not come back to haunt the Jets, that is a minor miracle on its own. Like in the history of the Jets, of course that play comes back to haunt you and screw you out of a win. Didn't happen this time. Congrats to the team. Congrats to the, to the, to the defense and to Brees Hall and all those things. That's great. But that was a really bad way to end up the first half. And what makes this game against the Eagles so huge is not just the difference between 3-3 three and three and 2-4, and four, but you go into the bye after this. And how do you go into the bye? Do you go into the bye, even at 2-4, and four, do you feel halfway decent about where you're at? Like, do you get a halfway decent Zach Wilson where you could see legitimate progress and he looks closer to the, the Chiefs' performance, Zach Wilson, than the Broncos' performance, Zach Wilson? And you can delude yourself into thinking, all right, schedule gets a, le- a little easier. We can win some games with Zach. Playoffs not exactly off the table. We got a chance. Is that the way you head into the bye? Or... Do you go into the bye right back to square one where it feels kind of hopeless? Because if he goes out there against an Eagles defense, which is pretty good and is certainly going to be sending pressure against him, if, if the Zach Wilson who played against the Broncos plays the same way against the Eagles, all the stories about the frustration in the locker room, they're going to pop right back up. And then you're going to have two weeks to stew on it. And Joe Douglas is going to have two weeks to stew on it. And it's going to be a type of situation where I think where you have two weeks to think about things. What are we going to do so that this season does not spiral out of control? If Zach Wilson comes out and looks like Zach Wilson has has looked like basically in every performance outside of that Chiefs game, do you start getting on the phone and figuring out how do we how do we salvage what we have here still remaining. So a very big game. It might not look like a big game because the Eagles are unbeaten and, and, and they're one of the, the class teams uh, of the NFL right now and the Jets are just trying to find their way. But I think that this is a critical game to see how this season's going to go. You can't just go out there and, and hope for the best. You have to see something. And, and what you see this week kind of determines the path that the Jets could be going down here the rest of the way. 
Is it something where you still have something you can hang your hat on at some level of optimism? Or are you now sitting in the bye week at two and four with major questions right back to where you started again, especially where it just seemed like, hey, all of a sudden now the Jets' offensive line is not so much of an issue. You lose AVT against uh, Denver, and now it feels like that that thing is going to pop right back up again, and it would not surprise me at all. If Zach Wilson goes out and plays poorly this week, which is within the range of possibilities, all those stories about the frustration in the locker room and things bubbling up, they're going to be right back front and center. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So that's the story with the Jets. Jets, sizable underdogs this week, right? Underdogs by a touchdown. Whatever level of optimism you have for the Jets, it is significantly lower for the other team in town, the New York Giants. So we'll look at them coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is the Gordon Damer Show on a Saturday, just getting started, right here on 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I mean, on the bright side, at least with the Jets being in the 4 o'clock window, you get to sit back Sunday at 1 and and just kind of go wherever your heart takes you. You're not forced to watch uh, the Jets and the Giants at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock. You got the Giants sitting there. Sunday Night Football, and as I said there before, when we're talking about the Jets, whatever level of optimism you have for the Jets this weekend, it has to be significantly lower for the Giants. The Giants have looked like a complete dumpster fire this year, and it's almost like each week you get done watching the game and you think to yourself, well, can't get any worse than that. And yet somehow, in some aspect, they find a way to make you feel worse watching them, right? Like, it's kind of hard to top a week one in, in terms of negativity and in, in terms of bad football, then the week one, the, the Giants lost 40 to nothing to open the season. You would think, well, it can't possibly get any worse than this. But then the, the following week, they're down 20 to nothing to Arizona. Now, they did come back and win that game. Thank, could you imagine how bad you'd feel if they didn't do that? But since then, it's just been a series of, of things that have popped up where it's like, boy, how can, how can this get any worse? And somehow it does. Week three, you get the short week against the Niners, where, what was it, the Niners had like 150 yards rushing and the Giants had 150 total yards and didn't score a touchdown. Uh, the following week, they gave up 11 sacks. They played one game, and they gave up 11 sacks in one game. And then last week, you win the turnover battle 3-0, you get a pick six. And you were never in the game. It just feels like, boy, oh, boy. Every week it feels like it can't get any worse. And somehow it has. Five weeks they have not scored a first-half touchdown. And it's not exactly like the greatest show on turf after halftime either. I mean, it's as bad a first five weeks as anyone has had. And as bad as the first five weeks have been, this week could be worse. I mean, they're the largest underdogs of the season. Giants are 15-and-a-half-point underdogs. They don't have their quarterback. Their left tackle isn't there. Their offensive line looks like an expansion team. And no team so far this year has looked as consistently bad as the Giants. The Giants are not the only bad team. There's other bad teams in the sport, clearly. But 
every week, week in and week out, there is nothing to hang your hat on. Nothing. And I know the NFL, the, the unofficial motto is any given Sunday, and you never say never. The Giants have zero chance to win this game. I, I don't see, I, unless, I, I, don't know, I don't know how you could, draw it up to me. Tell me how it's possible that the Giants could win. If the Giants were to win on Sunday, it would be not just one of the most shocking wins of the season. It would be by far the most shocking win of this season. Almost certainly would be a game you look back on when the regular season ends. You say, man, how in the world did the Giants win that week six game against the Buffalo Bills? It would have to go down as one of the great upsets in the history of professional sports. Again, they're 15-point underdogs. They've looked like they're in the conversation for one of the worst teams in the entire sport. They don't have their quarterback. They don't have their left tackle. They'll almost certainly not have their best offensive player in Saquon Barkley. And the, the numbers that Giant fans should be looking towards right now is, is not 15 and a half or, or, or one and four on the season. It's 85 and 194. And those numbers, 85, that's how many days there are left until the Giants play their final game this season. And 194 is how many days there are until the NFL draft. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So let's get some phone calls here involved. Uh, let's start off with uh, Kenny in Tom's River. Kenny, first up on the Gordon Damer Show. Yes, good morning, Gordon. Uh, I just wanted to talk about uh, Zach Wilson. Okay. Uh, I really feel like the uh, the they haven't really given him a chance to perform. They're really babying him. If you go back when they played uh, the New England Patriots, they run the ball like nine times in a row. It's third and eight. They throw a little flare pass out to the running back three yards behind the line of scrimmage. They don't stretch the field. The defense only has to play 15 yards. Uh, when they opened it up against Kansas City and they let the kid play, he was able to perform. How is this kid going to progress if you don't let him play? Now, are they going to do the same thing against Philadelphia because Philadelphia has a good defense? Are they going to let run the ball eight times in a row, let him throw the ball five yards? they got to let the kid play, find out if he can play or not. Well, look, Kenny, I, I think that that's a trust that you have to kind of build up. And I, I would agree with you that Kansas City performance absolutely stands out. But, you know, as we go deeper into the season, is it possible Kansas City is not as good as we think they are? Because, again, they, they've gotten off to another good start and we expect them to be, you know, one of the best teams in the sport. And they're five and one through six weeks and all those type of things. But. They've not exactly set the world. They, they're not. Uh, they're not the team in Kansas City that we kind of expect, where they're just beating teams uh, week in and week out by two and three touchdowns. They've not been as explosive as we've seen in in past years. So maybe maybe that's part of it. But in terms of the the Zach Wilson babying him thing, well, you got to kind of earn that trust. And there's not been anything that he has done outside of that Kansas City performance. Go look against Denver this past week. You know, they, they, they allowed him to throw the ball. It wasn't like he didn't throw the ball. It wasn't like they, they told him to throw the ball 15 times. I think he threw the ball 25, 26, 27 times, and he was fairly accurate with things. But they're not going to put too much on, their pl on his plate, and there's a reason for that. Because 
ultimately, no matter what they say, they don't really trust him and they don't want him to 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 mess up the game. So they're going to rely on the running game. They don't want to. They don't want to, uh, to 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 turn the ball over like he's been you know known to do. Uh, and and they're just not going to put too much on his plate for that reason. So uh, that Kansas City game, when you're down 17 nothing and it's the Chiefs and it feels like the, the, the game is, is getting away from you, okay, maybe you, you open things up. But that Broncos game, again, he was right back to the same guy. And it might very be – whenever we get done with the, the Zach Wilson era here in New York, and I think you're going to have him – no matter how things go – you're going to have him for the rest of this season. I think we're going to look back on that Chiefs game as being such an outlier. Like, boy, oh boy, that one, that one night, he had that one magical night against the Chiefs that still didn't result in a win, but he looked, he, he looked like a different guy. And I agree with you. He did look like a different guy. And that's what interested me, thinking, all right, maybe have they figured out something here with Zach Wilson going into the Denver Bronco game, and it was right back to the same Zach Wilson that you've generally gotten here. It was he, – he didn't look as, as comfortable. He's, he's making mistakes with the football. And he had two plays where if you're the coaching staff, you have to be thinking to yourself, what, what, is he, what is he doing? What is he thinking? That play before the end of the half where you, 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 you throw that pass into the flat when you got no timeouts and, and you're in field goal range, it didn't turn out to, to hurt them, but it, it had a good potential to hurt them. And then the interception, which again, it's the Broncos, so it didn't come back to to, to kill you. But those are ki- those are the kind of plays where, if you're the coaching staff, I, he can do something on any given play that will make you say "Wow" or will make you say "Whoa." And when th- those are the two options in front of you, you're going to stay away from whatever is going to make you have those "Whoa" plays. Like, what the heck was that? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So it is the Gordon Damer Show. The NFL, we love the NFL so much that it does bring about a lot of dumb hot takes, as they call them. There's been one hot take that has made zero sense the entire time. But based on how this weekend goes, it has a chance to rear its ugly head. So I want to get ahead of things and, and uh, point out what the dumbest, maybe the dumbest hot take, and I don't understand why people are still bringing it up. So we'll bring it up next on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The theme so far is if it's true that everyone loves an underdog, then boy, oh boy, week six in the NFL have I got a week for you? Jets, of course, taking on the Eagles, the Giants facing off. I get facing, I don't know what the right word is, but they do actually play the Buffalo Bills. So we've been talking about that this morning as well. And uh, certainly want to hear from you at 1 800 919 ESPN. That is the telephone number. But uh, th- there was one thing that has kind of popped its head up here every couple of, I guess it's been probably every week, but it really has a chance. To, to rear its head, and it all is based on how things go this week. Jets-Eagles, as I said, our coverage uh, 225 tomorrow. And I think that this one, this narrative, this hot take, it's more of a media thing to me than a fan thing. I don't think that many fans have come up to me and, and, and talked about this. I don't think that uh, I've seen many fans being realistically thinking that this is going to happen, but the media has certainly put it out there. Why 
in the world are people still talking about Kirk Cousins and the Jets? I get it. We all have hot takes at times when things happen, when, when Aaron Rodgers goes down week one of the season and you're thinking, oh my God, the whole season now is tied into Zach Wilson. You spiral. I get it. I've been known to spiral at times and you, you go through all the, 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 the stages of grief and, and maybe you find yourself in bargaining and you just think, we, we got to be able to make a deal for somebody. Hey, Kirk Cousins. Vikings aren't going to be very good. He's going to be a free agent. We can go get Kirk Cousins. I get that after week one. Maybe after week two. You got to let it go, people. It's not, it, it has, it's not going to happen. He is not coming here. You are not getting him. He, for whatever reason, he likes Minnesota. He likes being in Minnesota. And most importantly... He's got a no-trade clause. So whenever people come up with these, we, with these trade these trade proposals in whatever sport, it's always like, oh, well, this guy for this guy. Who says no? He says no. In this case, he says no. He's got a no-trade clause. It's his decision. But yet people keep bringing this up every week or so. Oh, they could get Kirk Cousins. As if, sell it to me. If you're the Jet fan, sell it to me. I'm Kirk Cousins. Sell it to me. Well, the the Vikings are not going anywhere. They've only got one win. He could come to the Jets and maybe get into the playoff. All of a sudden, the Jets are are NFL Xanadu? I get it. If, If the Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes for the season or the Niners needed a quarterback and and you're Kirk Cousins, maybe then you say, hey, wait a second. I got a chance. I got a chance to go win a ring someplace. All right. I'll waive my no-trade clause. I'll uproot my life. I mean, after this weekend, the Jets have a very good chance of being 2-4. and four. The Vikings have a good chance of being 2-4. and four. Hey, I'm not going to see my family for three months because I, I, I want to go uh, see if I can get the Jets in the playoffs. Do you, I, I, I just ask you, if you're one of these people, do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? And, and by the way, Aren't you the same ones telling me Aaron Rodgers is coming back this year anyway? I thought Aaron Rodgers was coming back week 13. We're gonna have, he's healed. A miraculous. Yes, the Jets and miracles. They've been known to, to, to walk hand in hand a lot of times. Yeah, okay. And you know what the other part of this is that, that cracks me up about this? Hey, we're gonna go get Kirk Cousins. What are you giving up for Kirk Cousins? You, you have to trade something for Kirk Cousins. You have to give up something for Kirk Cousins. Now, I don't even know if the Jets can actually trade their first-round pick because it was tied up and it was conditional uh, to the, the, the trade for, for Rodgers. Now, clearly, he's not gonna, you're not going to have to give it, but are you now free to go and, and trade that because Rodgers, I don't know. You're not getting him for a third-round pick. So, so what you're saying is you're willing to give up probably multiple draft picks to get Kirk Cousins? Again, it's not happening. It isn't, I, I get why you would bring it up at the time, but it's like when, when you go to court, asked and answered, it's been asked and it's been answered. He has no interest in coming here. And remember, way back when, before he went to Minnesota, he could have come here. He could have come to the Jets, and he had no interest back then and was basically using the Jets for leverage 
to get a better contract out of Minnesota. So I get it. Sounding ridiculous is nothing new, and it feels like the the Jets have the 85 Bears defense and Rodgers is going to be back this year. There was some dummy on the air someplace saying the Jets were going to go 15-2 this season. A lot of people have a lot of dumb takes. But trading for Kirk Cousins, it, it's not going to, it has zero chance of happening. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Let's go out to, uh, let's see here, Chris is, in, uh, is on Long Island. Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, I, I love your show. I, I wish you were on more. Uh, there's a segment that you, I don't know if you, it's like the worst awards where, like the poop awards Oh, the poop rankings, that, yes. You know, it's funny you bring uh, that up, uh, Chris. A couple of years so ago, funny. we used to do, for the, the audience that doesn't know, everybody does poll, uh, uh, pop, uh, power rankings in the NFL, right? Who's the best team? Yeah, yeah. But I was sitting there watching the Jets and the Giants every single week, and I have no idea who's the best. I'm, watch, I'm watching these guys. So we used to do this thing called the polar opposite of power rankings, the poop rankings, and the Jets and Giants. Were <laughs> so we got rid of it last year because it seemed like the Jets and Giants were, were finally mo- There's a very good chance, Chris, I've been weighing this, whether or not to bring back the poop rankings. So I will consider oh, yeah, your vote yeah. in, the, in the yes column to bring back the poop rankings. But go ahead. Bernie. God, I, I, honestly, there's not many things on sports radio that make me uh, laugh. But that, that just made me laugh in the car. I was, like, giggling like a kid. My wife's like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> like, you don't understand. It's guy humor. But, um, you know, I find it interesting, and I totally agree with you on the Kirk Cousins thing. His wife doesn't even like it here. Look, he's not coming here. So um, <clears throat> I'm a Raider fan, so he's not going to Las Vegas either, okay? He's staying, probably staying in Minnesota. But I find it interesting that the fans always think, like that guy that was talking about Zach Wilson, they're not letting him – Open up and throw. Don't you think the team knows him better than you do? They're with him every single minute of every day. They drafted him. They know him. I don't understand what fans are so silly about thinking they know the player better than the team. They're doing it. They're doing what they're doing with Zach Wilson so they can manage him and so that it doesn't completely fall apart. So, anyway. I've talked enough. I really appreciate you on the radio, man. Thank oh, Chris, you. thank you very much. That's very nice. Thank you for See the you, kind words. And and look, uh, the polar, the uh, poop rankings might uh, very well be making a, a return here, especially if if this week. Look, there's upsets every single week. Surprising things happen. That's why we love sports. But based on how things are trending right now, especially that Sunday night game. Oh my God. Oh boy. There's a very good chance the poop rankings uh, make a, a, a return. Look. And here's the thing about when people say, well, they're holding Zach Wilson back. They're not doing this to Zach Wilson because they don't like him. They're, they're looking out for their best interest, the team's best interest, everyone's best interest. So it's like, it's almost like letting you, you well, my, my 13-year-old, they could drive the car. How hard? It's not that hard to drive a car. There's only so much you can do. You have to. You have to. Th- you have to. You want to put everybody in the in a position to succeed when you're running a team, and and holding Zach Wilson back because again, at any moment it could blow up. Even in a positive performance last week against Denver, two plays which against basically any other team could have really come back to bite you. The the play at the end of the first half where they don't even get a field goal off, and then the interception near the end. They, Luckily, you, you timed it right where you were playing Denver. 
against the Eagles, you make those plays, trust me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you uh, a whole lot more. Let's go out to uh, Jack is in Morristown. Jack, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, uh, Damer, Gordon, thank you for taking my call, man. I appreciate it. I just want to agree with you, man, 100%. You're a genius with this Kirk Cousins take. I tell my friends Preach, and my family, Preach. you know, uh, this, is, this is my point. People act like Kirk Cousins is going to come here and then instantly have chemistry with the receivers, uh, chemistry with the <laughs> offensive line. People right. are going to, he's just going to, they're going to learn his cadence and they're going to win like four out of five and go on some type of run. It's utterly ridiculous. Keep Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I'll take my chances with Zach Wilson and wait for Aaron Rodgers next year. So keep talking that talk, man. I, I love you and you're, you're great at what you do. Thank you, Jack. Yes, all, all wonderful points. You know, it's, it's always funny that the people who compliment you, they can't wait to get off the phone. The people who call to insult you, they'll just talk all you, – you could let them talk all day. It's unfair, but it is life. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, right, like we're talking about – or people are bringing up Kirk Cousins, like quarterback. Yeah, that's an easy, an easy position where you just take one guy off one team, you plop him on another team, and uh, away you go. It's, it's simple, easy. Oh, no problems, right? There's no adjustment period. We've talked about quarterbacks who got – like when Favre got here as late as he did, or, or they have to make the trade for Aaron Rodgers faster than, than they can't afford to wait because you need time to get him ramped up from your system and all this thing, and the receivers and the offense and the coordinators. But in, in the middle of the season, well, we got a bye week. Let's just go get Kirk Cousins, who doesn't know us from Adam, plop him in. It's not a running back. It's not a wide receiver. It's a quarterback. Yeah, so let's plop that. Take that guy off one team. Throw him on another team. No time for adjustment. And it'll work. It'll work great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we will talk a little bit more Giants. And, and one thing that I want to attack, you've heard a lot about the Giant offense has really struggled in part because they've not had Saquon Barkley. I'm going to coming up. I'm tell you the biggest thing that the Giants need right now is to get Saquon Barkley healthy, but it's not for the reason that a lot of people are talking about. We'll t- we'll discuss that and tackle that next on the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. But really just getting started here on the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the, the telephone number. And, and look, I, I think as an NFL fan, you, you sit back and you watch your team's games, but every single week you're a fan of the league. So you're, you're kind of gathering evidence every single week. Oh, is this team good? Is this team bad? Where does this team rank? And, and you're kind of working this out throughout the, the 18 weeks of the regular season. When it comes to the Giants, if this were a sport, if we we're gathering evidence, if this was a sports trial, yes, you're supposed to wait until the entire trial is over before you, you make up your mind. You really only need opening arguments to know how this thing is going for the Giants. This season, through five weeks, it wouldn't seem possible. It has completely wiped out all of the good feeling of last year, all of it is gone. And, and you, it's been exposed that last season was every bit the fluke that you hoped it wasn't going to be. Maybe, I think realistic Giant fans thought this year could be a step back. But I don't think anyone was thinking it was going to be a step back to square one, which clearly it is. The Giants are back at square one. Just some stats 
that I I, I found uh, in, in the course of the week. And I don't know necessarily the need, you need stats. If you've watched the Giants, they're beyond stats. You don't need stats. You, you can just look at it and know what it is. Um, the Giants have allowed 30 sacks through five games, which not only leads the NFL, but it is the most for any team since the NFL began tracking sacks. Oh, except for one, the Houston Texans in the year where they, their, their expansion year. So outside of one expansion team, since sacks became a thing, the Giants are allowing them the most through five games. And I don't know that you necessarily needed this stat to know that because if you've watched the Giants, you kind of know that's that could there anybody be worse than this? And, and now you have the proof. No, it, 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 it seemed that way with the eye test, but now the numbers back it up. The Giant offense has the sixth fewest first half points so far this year of the last 20 years. So it's not just of the teams this year. In the last 20 years, they have the sixth fewest first half points. They've scored 19 points. And this week, they'll be going up against a Bills team, and the Giants won't have the quarterback, their left tackle. Their star running back probably is not going to play. And, and that's one thing that I wanted to focus on, because you've heard that a lot. Well, the reason why things have looked so bad is because the Giants have not had Saquon Barkley. And, and look, it, it, has to, it has to hurt, right? They don't have that many game-breaking players. He might be their only game-breaking player. But it is important for the Giants to get Saquon Barkley healthy, but it's not so that Saquon Barkley can play for the Giants. They need to get him healthy and show that he's healthy so that they can trade him for something else. Look, it's not the way you wanted it to go, but for all intents and purposes, this Giants season is over. They are, they are right back to square one. So for Joe Shane, his job from now until the trade deadline is to find anything that he has on his team that's not in the long-range plans of his team that another team might want and then go and, and get some value back for that player. Like at this point, based on where they're at, based on the fact that they're tied to Daniel Jones here for this year and next year, you're really looking at 2025 as the next real possible turn for the Giants to turn this, this thing around. This is a long-term rebuild, which we thought it was before last year, and now clearly this year has proven, yeah, it is a long-term rebuild. So you did not get here where you are in a year, and you're not getting out of where you are this year with one good draft or one good offseason. So as I said the other night, Joe Shane has to search out like Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive, anything on his roster that he can use to, to, to bring back something of value in terms of draft ammunition. And he needs to conduct a, a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, and outhouse, and doghouse to find something of value for the future. And I would think that of, of the things that are on this team right now, and if the target is 2025 for when, all right, this is when we're going to be able to come out of this and really have a, a real gauge of where we're at in this rebuild, Saquon Barkley is not going to be here. So if you can trade him for a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, this season is sunk. And, and no matter how good Saquon Barkley is, it's not going to really change where you're at in terms of your organization. This season is sunk. So you should be looking towards the future. And I get it. You don't want to tank. You don't want to just cash in the chips. The chips are cash, dude. It's over. So if you're, if you're, if you're looking forward and you're looking 
uh, progressively, you should be looking and saying, okay, how can I take what I got here and get something that I can use later on? Because this is not it. This is, this is not salvageable with the way things look right now. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones here. We'll go out to uh, Wilson is in New Jersey. Wilson, what's going on, my friend? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, Wilson. What's up? Hey, listen, man. I've been a Giants fan for 45 years. I'm going to tell you the reality of the Giants. You know what it is? It's that Brian Dable turned out to be a pumpkin. I mean, this guy makes Joe Judge look good, which is almost, which is insane. And Joe Shane, you know what Joe Shane's legacy is? He had, he had two first-round picks in the top ten, and he picked two bums that are going to be out of the league in three years. And now we're stuck with this head coach for this year and next year, and we're stuck with this general manager. Which, if you were gonna give, if you give me a piece of paper and you tell me write something that would be so unbelievable that nobody would believe, the Giants somehow manage that. It's insane. Forget about Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is just a guy, man. He's just a guy. He gets you like 30 yards in one and one and one run, and then he loses 10 yards and another three runs. Forget about that. This is you can't make this up. This is the the Giants are making history for being probably one of the worst coaches in, in history. And, and you're going to tell me that they, and they're going to trade. They can trade Saquon Barkley. He'll still mess it up. Well, look, uh, Wilson, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, I, I would give you that the, 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 the returns on both Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau don't look great right now, but I, I do think you have to give it a little bit more time. And certainly Neal does seem like he's trending in that, that kind of bust direction. Thibodeau has at least shown you something here and there, but yeah, for having two picks in the top 10, uh, you would like to, going in, you thought, okay, these are foundational pieces, and at least so far, I would not be willing to go out on a limb and say either is a foundational piece, but it's still very early. But here's the thing. This is the the situation you were handed, and last year, it was almost like last year was the worst thing that, that could have happened to the Giants because it, 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 it led you to have these unrealistic expectations, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I had them too. I thought, oh, well, the Giants could win nine games. Maybe if they play 25 games, they might win nine games. But no, it, 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 completely unrealistic expectations. And you were kind of forced to bring back Daniel Jones. I know it's, it's, it's easy to have this revisionist history. Oh, they should never have paid him. You, if you, when you have a year where you, you turn things around to the degree that the Giants looked like they turned things around last year, you're not all of a sudden going to move off the quarterback based on that. So they made moves last, uh, this past offseason to improve for now when the next step has to be much further down the road. So the worst thing to come out of last season was what happened the worst thing to come out of this season could be some kind of superficial improvement. At this point, to me, the Giants just almost have to lean into being as bad as they are and not put some happy face on it and think that it's, it, oh, no, if we win a couple of games here, it's not as bad. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. One hour down, two to go. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.